Welcome to Grace Point Church Podcast. We proclaim Christ crucified and uphold him as the only hope for the fallen world. On today's episode, you'll hear from Reverend Harrison Mungai. Reverend Harrison is the lead pastor at Grace Point Church. Good morning and welcome to our podcast today. This is Christian Living on Fridays, which I, Harrison Mungai, hosts from Grace Point Church. The whole of this month, we've been thinking about uh, subjects uh, to do with mission um, because we've been laying a lot of emphasis on following Jesus, telling others about Jesus, and indeed um, living for the Lord Jesus Christ. So last week, we looked at the question of assurance and thinking about how can we be sure that indeed we have been saved and how can we continue to start firm in that salvation And now today, I want to speak about the subject of a new believer. If you're a new believer, um, what do you really need to know? What has become different? What has changed? And to guide our thinking then, I'm going to uh, draw attention to uh, 1 Peter chapter 2. And we're going to read from verse 1 to 12. And here, we're going to see then what has changed and um, what does that mean for the new believer or for the new person who has just recently come to faith. If that's you, please stay with me. And if you're an old believer, if you've been with the Lord for many years, we're all new in a sense. We're all, uh, in a sense, following the Lord and wanting to grow in the image of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So please stay with me for the next 10 or so minutes. First Peter. Chapter 2, verses 1 through 12. So put away all malice and all deceit and hypocrisy and envy and all slander. Like newborn infants, long for the pure spiritual milk, that by aid you may grow up into salvation, if indeed you have tasted that the Lord is good. As you come to him, a living stone rejected by men, but in the sight of God chosen and precious, You yourselves, like living stones, are being built up as a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. For it stands in Scripture, Behold, I am laying in Zion a stone, a cornerstone chosen and precious, and whoever believes in him will not be put to shame. So the honor is for you who believe, but for those who do not believe, The stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone and a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense. They stumble because they disobey the word as they were destined to do. Verse 9. But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Once you were not a people, but now you are God's people. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Beloved, I urge you as sojourners and exiles to abstain from the passions of the flesh which war against your soul. Keep your conduct among the Gentiles honorable, so that when they speak against you as evildoers, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day of visitation. It's a popular passage, and I'm sure maybe for most of you, this is not the first time you're 
hearing it being read out. It's amazing words uh, from Pastor Peter, encouraging believers um, to stand firm, to know who they are, and indeed uh, to embrace their new identity in the Lord and to leave it out. So you are a new believer. What has changed? Well, four things. First one is a new life, which we are going to find in verse 2. The second one is a new purpose, which we're going to find in verse 4 and also in verse 12 and also verse 9b. There is also a new identity, which we find in verses 9 and 11. And then there is a new life or the new way of life or rather new conduct, which you find particularly in verses 11 and 12. The first one is a new life, verse 2. Peter um, says that like newborn infants, long for pure spiritual milk so that by it you may grow up into salvation. Peter foresees that the new believer is like a young baby uh, who needs spiritual milk, who needs nourishing, who needs to grow up into salvation. And he says what you really need is spiritual milk. And what is spiritual milk, you might ask? Well, the food for the believer has always been the Word of God, feeding on the Word of God, feeding on um, the precious words of the Gospel of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, the Gospel that we read in the pages of Scripture. That's what you need over and over again. That's what you are to uh, long for. And it's also what you are to have over and over again. Because you are a new life. A new life has been birthed in you. You know, you're one who has then put away all these other things. And now, like a newborn infant, you are to long for pure spiritual milk. In other words, you're not to have unhelpful things, but actually to be fed on the pure spiritual milk of the Word of God. Also, in the book of Psalms, the Word of God is compared to milk with its nourishing power, sustaining power, even um, sort of jam-fighting uh, power of the Word of God has been compared uh, with milk. And so that's what you and I need, which is why we need to constantly be coming back to the Word, for indeed we have a new life so that we can grow up into salvation. We continue, we continue to grow in the likeness of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. But not only do we have a new life, but we also have a new purpose. Verse 4 says that as you come to him, now as new believers, as we come to the Lord, who is a living stone, who was rejected by men, but in the sight of God chosen and precious. Verse 5 then says, You yourselves, like living stones, are being built up as a spiritual house, to be a holy priesthood, to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. What Peter is saying is that we have a new purpose now. We are now part of the building. The analogy used here is stones here. You know, we have come to him who is a living stone, but we ourselves are like living stones and are being built up as a spiritual house. He's borrowing from the imagery of a temple here, 
And it is in this place uh, that living sacrifices will be offered. In other words, now we cease to live for ourselves and now are to live for another purpose altogether. And the purpose here is one of worship. Verse 5b, to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. Our lives then, as new believers, are to be lives of worship. Indeed, worship is not just something that we do when we are singing or praying, but it's actually the entirety of our lives is worship. That's the new purpose that we live for. We now cease to live just for myself and my own happiness. But actually, we're now living to the glory of God. We can actually also see that in verse 9, part B, where he says that you may proclaim the excellences of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. In other words, we are to proclaim the excellences of God or the perfections of God. We are to display the perfections of God, particularly seen in the grace that he has had on us through the Lord, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. In other words, we are to be that display cabinet that shows forth the masses of God. He has had mercy upon us. We have received mercy. And so now we are to put that on display. That's our new purpose. Again, in 12, um, we, are, we are to be those who um, seek the glory of God by our own conduct. I'll come to that later on. But our purpose is to glorify God on the day of his visitation. In other words, we are to be those who radiate the glory of God to the watching world. That's our new purpose. For a new believer, then um, the, the, the camera now focuses on glorifying God through our lives, through our words, through our conduct, through our, um, our speech. You know, everything is now to the glory of God. But there's something else that is new for you, dear brother and sister, who is a new believer, is that you have a new identity. You have a new identity. Look at verse 9 all the way to 11. It says now, but you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood. It uses very many words of description here. A holy nation, a people for his own possession. See, he's using all these words to say, who we are now, you know, a chosen race, royal priesthood, holy nation, a people of his own possession. You know, this also reminds us in verse 10 that we were once not a people, but now we are God's people. And once we had not received mercy, now we are recipients of mercy. It's a new identity. Now, Peter also uses these words in 11. You are sojourners and exiles. In other words, you are not home, but you are those who are passing by in this world. You kind of exiles, people who are not in their home, but they are longing to go home, borrowing from that uh, Old Testament experience of God's people. A new identity altogether. No longer the old that we were, lost in sin, but now a chosen race. You know, a royal priesthood, now a holy nation, a people of God's own possession. I think this is what we need to be bearing in mind, our new identity. You know, it can be described elsewhere 
uh, as those who are sojourners, those who have not arrived, those who are en route to their eternal home, those who are looking forward to another place, another garden city whose um, builder and architect is God. It's a new identity. And we are those who are to remember uh, that we are not defined by our nationality or, or tribe or, or families, or even the names that we have here on earth, but actually how God describes and how he sees us. That's our new identity in Christ. And finally, is that we have a new way of life, or what you might call new conduct. Um, yes, we have a new life, which is what I began with as newborn babies, and therefore, we now close with a new way of life. Look at verse 1 uh, and then verse 12. So put away all malice and all deceit and hypocrisy and envy and slander. There's a new life here that has new demands on us, uh, new gospel requirements um, over us to put away all malice and deceit and hypocrisy and envy and slander. Malice is evil intent against others. Deceit is deception or lying. Hypocrisy is uh, inconsistency between who we say we are and who we really are. Envy is when we desire that which is not ours. And slander is when we speak falsely about other people to slander others. A new way of life then means that we are to be those who keep our conduct honorable. It says in verse 12, that's a new way of life. We are now having a new identity and therefore we need to live like those who have come to the Lord. So yes, um, when we are new believers, we have indeed been given a new life. We have indeed been given a new purpose or a new reason for being here on earth, we have indeed been given a new identity. And as a consequence, we have a new way of life, a new product, a new character that is expected of us. Can we be able to do these things on our own? Certainly not. We need the help of God. And the good thing is that he hasn't left you to do this and to be all these things on your own. But he helps us in our weaknesses and in our struggles. He has given us the Holy Spirit, who is indeed a deposit that guarantees our inheritance, uh, who is indeed uh, a comforter of God's people, and who helps us in our struggles. You are a new person. I am a new person in Christ. May the Lord help you and I to live that new life, to live for that new purpose, to embrace our new identity, and to indeed walk in the new conduct in the newness of life. May God bless you and have a good day. Thank you for listening to today's episode of Brisbane Church Podcast. For more information and past episodes, visit our website, gracebondchurch.org. Please join us again for a new episode. Goodbye.